This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. He said, my word shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I desire, and it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God's MO, modus operandi, is words. A word can change your life. One word from God can cancel all of the words of the devil. If the enemy has been speaking to you things to tear you down and to keep you back and to keep you away from God, one word from God can turn every bit of that around. So it's our job to believe, though, that God is able to do what he said he'll do in his word. It's our job to simply believe that God will do what he has declared and what he is declaring. Because this week he's declaring some things. What God has spoken will come to pass. Nothing can stop it. What God has spoken to you this week, this morning, today, at this hour, will come to pass. Nothing can stop it. Numbers 23, 19, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? If God says he's going to do something, then it's safe to say it is going to happen. There is no circumstance. There is no new dilemma that you're facing. There's nothing that will make God have to change his mind about what he's going to do. God does not have to have a plan B just in case. When God gives you an assignment, when God speaks a word to you, to accomplish anything for him and through him, he does not have to have in reserve a plan B because his word shall not return unto him void and what he has spoken shall accomplish in the thing and through the thing that he has spoken to and nothing can stop it. There is no condition. There is no circumstance. There is no difficulty that God can't work through. God's plan shall not fail. So listen to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. This verse, we really love the quote. So many people hang their hat on this verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God says, I know the plans. Even as I read that verse, you still couldn't say, amen. This is the word of the Lord. I told you that God uses words to get things accomplished in the lives of his people. If God were to speak to you these very words himself at this hour to your spirit, that I know the plans that I have for you, declares me. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Somebody ought to say amen. Now again, conditions don't dictate God's ability to implement his plans. 
It does not matter what the current conditions are, what you have or what you don't have. When God says this through Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, you've got to remember where the people of God were. They were in Babylonian captivity. They were away from the house of God. They had hung their harps on the willow tree. They couldn't sing Zion's songs in a strange land. The verse before verse 11 explains why verse 11 is even there. Jeremiah 29 and 10 says this. This is what the Lord says. I guess they didn't get the scriptures. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. He says, now, I know the plans that I have for you. Oh, by the way, you're in Babylonian captivity. He says, but I know what I'm doing. You see, they were in captivity, and there were a group of prophets who were saying, the captivity is going to be over soon, that your things and your life is going to change soon. But God says, no, 70 years and then things will change. 70 years and then I'll bring you out. No sooner, no later. You've got to go through some things in order to get to some things. And if it's not in God's timing, if you get the things, you won't be able to prosper in those things. But in God's timing, God will bring you out. Every captivity has an expiration date. Every captivity, whatever your bondage is, whatever your dilemma is, whatever your circumstance is, whatever's going on in your life that's making you think that what God is saying to you is not going to happen, I want you to realize that that thing has an expiration date, that one day you're going to look back and like David, you're going to say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have quit. I would have slipped. My feet would have failed. But God brought me out. In his time. Somebody say his time. Now remember what our text says. Isaiah 46 and 9 says, remember the former things of old. In other words, don't forget the deliverances of the past. What God will do is predicated on what he has done. God is saying, don't forget how I intervened on your behalf. Over and over again, when things didn't look like they would work out in your favor. Can I get three witnesses out there who have seen God step in for you when you didn't think it was going to happen? So many people don't like to quote this, but let me say it for you. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. How many of you have found God to be right on time? If you're in some sort of captivity right now, I want you to begin to think about the captivity that you were once in. What, what's happening to you now is not new. You've been in conditions and situations and you've had circumstances in the past that you didn't think you were going to make it through. But look at you now. You're here. Have things been worse than what they are right now? How many of you can look back over your life and say, whew, I remember when. I remember you talking about, well, you know, I only have certain number of TV channels. I need a new satellite. Remember when you didn't have a satellite? Remember when you didn't have a television? Remember when you didn't have shoes? This is why God says, don't forget. He's talking to Judah in particular. And they're in captivity, the people of God. He's talking to the nation of Israel in general. And he says, 
How about when you were in Egypt? When I sent the plagues, I opened the Red Sea, I destroyed the Egyptian army. I showed up personally as a pillar of fire to protect you from the host of the Egyptians that were trying to destroy you. And don't forget about me bringing four to five million of you out of Egypt into a desert and no food, no sushi, no burgers, no KFC, no bottled water, no running water, no day spa. Don't forget that I protected you and your livestock. I took care of you and your children. I gave you the possessions of the Egyptians so that you wouldn't come out broke. I turned bitter waters sweet. I got you water from a rock. I fed you every morning with manna, flesh, and bread that you didn't have to work for or even ask for. Don't forget that I was a cloud by day and fire by night to protect you from the elements. Don't forget that I, the Lord, your God brought you out. I, the Lord, your God gave you power to get wealth with your hands. I gave you the ability to prosper and to do that which you're doing today. It is me. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You weren't smart enough. You weren't pretty enough. You weren't black enough. You weren't white enough. You weren't brown enough. I, the Lord, your God, have brought you out. Don't you forget that you are what you are by the grace of Almighty God. I am God all by myself so then they were not to forget how God had provided for them in the past is some indication of how he would take care of them in the present and in the future now read our verses again Isaiah 46 verse 9 through 10 remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. Wow. Everything I have planned for you will come to pass. Remember God's MO, modus operandi, the way he does things and activates stuff is through words and God will speak a word to you and God says what I've said to you shall come to pass now if we would just remember the things that God has done for us in the past the future would move from being intimidating to becoming more inviting in other words you'll be able to say come on with it you'll be able to look at the rest of this year and say you ain't got nothing for me You'll be able to look the enemy in the face and say, I'm not scared of you. God told me that in December I would be so-and-so place. And remember, when God plans and maps out your future, then your future is as if it's already done. Whatever God has promised is as if God has already done it. We just got to make sure it's God. And so when God purposes something, plan something it will come to pass so I charge you in this year 2018 57 78 I charge you with boldness and confidence that what God is proclaiming he is going to make it good let's not forget that God is teaching us showing us and declaring to us this week in other words you could shout on Pastor Henry you can shout 
On Pastor Francis, you can shout. On Pastor Robert, you can shout. On Pastor Tom, you can shout. On Pastor Vaughn, you can shout on these things in here and then walk out there and fall to pieces. But God wants you to take what you're learning, what you're hearing, what he's speaking to you, and make application of it when you walk outside of these doors. Because the old people used to say it like this in the States, that it's not how high you jump in here, it's how straight you walk when you leave this place. I need 10 people to say amen. Also, do not forget that what God has done in the past, he will do again for you in the future. So you ought to just say to yourself, if God brought me through 2017, I know he's going to take me through 2018 for sure. He didn't bring you out of 17 for you to die. He didn't bring you through your last trial for it to end like this. You ought to look at somebody and tell them, you know, it doesn't end like this. This is not where I stop. This is not the end of the matter. Things are changing right now. All things are working together for the good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. I still need somebody to say amen. So what was your personal battle in 2017? Was it disappointments? Was it some type of letdown? Was it some type of sickness? Was it divorce, near divorce? Was it financial trouble? Was it loneliness? Was it fatigue? Was it heartache and pain? And yet, through all of this, you still haven't lost your mind. If 2017 didn't kill you, 2018 is going to be a piece of cake. If that didn't kill me, I'm ready for whatever this is. I'm going to tell you right now. So tell somebody, I'm still here. Oh, the devil thought he had me, but I'm still here. So don't you ever forget how God has kept you. God has restored you. God has watched over you. God has even forgiven you. How many of y'all needed some serious forgiving in 2017? How many of you did some stuff that if your neighbor sitting next to you knew about it, they slide over two or three chairs? You, 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 you got involved in some things and said some things and even sitting there right now thinking some things that if, you, if they were to run it on the screen up here, what's on your mind, you stick up a finger and say, I got to get up out of here. I got to get out of here. And God is a forgiving God, a caring God, a loving God. He is a covering God. How many of you did God hide in 2017 from your enemies? He hid you. He'll hide you, remember, in the cleft of a rock. He'll even set you upon a rock to stay. God is a present help in the time of trouble, right? He'll take you and hide you in the cleft of a rock. And then when everything is passed and you've had time with him in that secret place, then he'll set you upon a rock so your enemies can see that what he tried didn't work. Come on, y'all. God will show off with you. God will say, this was mine right here. He's on the rock. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So how many of you can say he walked with you through the valley of the shadow of death last year? Oh, yeah, you got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But you fear no evil 
because God was with you. How many of you held his hand in your valley last year? How many of you found him as light in your tunnel last year? How many of you found him as light in your situation last year? How many of you, nobody else stood with you? When mama and daddy forsakes you, notwithstanding, the Lord uh, shall stand by your side. God had your back. He's our re-rewarder. So this brings me to the crux of this message. We have to address some of the problems that we'll face spiritually in 2018 because what we're being declared uh, this, this week and what's being spoken this week, we're going to have to practice it because there's some things out there that we're going to have to deal with. Let me help you with what I'm saying. We have to address certain problems. We cannot sit back any longer and let stuff happen to us and we do nothing. We have got to become intentional and aggressive in fixing the things that are wrong in our lives, first of all, and then in our local churches, in our local communities, both spiritually and biblically. It starts with what I call theological and biblical literacy. We can no longer be theologically illiterate. The word illiterate just simply means not knowing. We can no longer not know theology. We can no longer not know who God is. You will never accomplish anything not having theology because theology is the study of God. Daniel says, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. So in order for you to do great exploits, you have to be theologically sound. You have to know who God is and not be tossed to and fro by every kind of teaching. So all it takes, you got to get this, is for us to have a war against biblical illiteracy. And that's what my goal is in the States in 2018. Uneducated and uncultured in the things of God can no longer be the status quo. All it takes is just for one generation or two of neglect of God's word and nobody is sure about who God is anymore. The word commands a diligent study of the scriptures, to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Psalm 78, 5 through 7. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Somebody say amen. Biblical and theological literacy is something that takes sustained, ongoing effort. And it's not the preacher's job to just teach the word of God to you and your children and your children's children. It is your job, parents. It is your job, head of households. It's your job, brothers and sisters, to teach the word of God so that the people of this generation won't be known as the generation that knew not God. We have got to pass on this education, this knowledge of God to generation after generation after generation after generation. We got to speak now to generations that are not yet even born.
born, we got to have sound doctrine. We got to be able to have oral tradition that can pass down. But we sat on our parents' knee and they told us the wonderful things of God. They told us stories that were accurate. They told us stories from the book because when you can't get your hands on the book, you've got to hide the word in your heart so that you might not sin against God. People read the Bible and interpret it the way they feel and the way they believe. They find someone that agrees with their view and, and then they say, okay, it must be true, whether it's true or not. Now, the younger generation is multiplying and ascending into positions of supremacy in our churches. The millennials are outnumbering us baby boomers and Gen Xers. So we're now facing an unparalleled theological diversity that is breeding an inconsistency in doctrinal truths like never before. What I'm saying is young people are coming up and they're going off to university and they're getting involved in the humanities and the liberal arts and they are coming back with the conclusion that just maybe, just maybe the word of God is not true. Just maybe that there's more truth other than the scriptures. People once on fire are now becoming lukewarm or the Bible says growing cold. Professing Christians wrestle with questions like who is Jesus really? What is salvation really? Is there a heaven or a hell really? Is God good or not. If God is so good, then why is there so much evil? These questions are coming from the hallways of academia as our children grow up and go off to university and they come back having been contaminated with philosophy and humanities. So we have got to have pulpits that stand flat-footed and preach and teach the unadulterated objective word of God. We got to say that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That God's word is true and every man a liar that there's only one way to get to God and his name is Jesus there are many ways to get to Botswana but there ain't but one way to get to God there's 50 ways to leave that lover but there ain't but one way to get to God and Jesus says I am that way I am the truth and I am the life Christianity is being lumped into the same category as all other Religions. People speak of Christianity in the same breath as they do historical and longtime cults. And, and people are, are mistaking cults for true Christianity. Jesus, to so many in pop culture, is just another mystical and, and mythical leader uh, who, who may or may not have existed. But the words attributed to him to this new age generation is just really cool. They see Jesus as some type of guru. They equate him to Gandhi and, and some of the others, Muhammad, that once lived. Atheists love this too because they love the Christian's unwillingness to stand up for what they believe. It, it, it costs you something when you stand up for what you believe. It, it costs you something. It costs you friendships. It costs you relationships. It, it can cost you a job. It, it can cost you a career. It can cost you a stuff and things when you stand up for what you believe. I'm preaching better than y'all smiling at me. So, so, so they continue to champion their godless worldview, the atheists do, and they say that God is dead or that God never existed. Christians appear to be uh, as void of God's presence as any atheist. Partly because our preaching is a bunch of illogical, flesh-padding, self-help rhetoric that's confusing, unbiblical, and uninspired. 
and we have produced a bunch of illogical, flesh-padding, self-help, confused, unbiblical, and uninspired people who go to church but don't know how to go to God. Christians are turning to motivational speakers and self-help gurus to find the light and to get in touch with the forces of the universe. And they forget that God is the force of the universe. This ain't Star Wars, y'all. If the force is with you, it's the Holy Spirit of God that is with you. Two people say amen. Oh, you're sleeping on me, huh? You're getting tired, huh? Pragmatism is more appealing than spiritual disciplines nowadays. Pragmatism is simply give me six keys, seven steps, methodologies that I can be blessed with. Faith, faith, the faith of God takes a back seat to secular education, career goals, friendships, and seeing the world. Yeah, for as many people now, so many people in our day, it does not take faith to accomplish their goals. You just need to believe in yourself. People are self-seeking, narcissistic. They just, they're just hedonistic. It's all about themselves and what pleasures them. In fear of being labeled judgmental, the church has become tolerant of all kinds of philosophies and secular ideas. But we need to know that there are certain truths that are non-negotiable to those of us who really know who Jesus is. I'm preaching better than y'all looking at me. One of those truths is, number one, we're saved by grace. For it is by grace through faith that we're saved in Christ Jesus and not that of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Number two, we need to realize that there is only one God. The Hebrew Shema says the Lord our God is one God. And we need to understand that there are not three gods, but there are three who are one. That the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, but these three are one. Thirdly, the resurrection. If there be no resurrection, then our meeting this week is in vain. Because if Christ be not risen, then are we still dead in our sins. Y'all can say amen if you want to. These are the things that will delineate you, separate you from the rest of the world, rest of religions. This is what makes us truly Christian. Number four, the deity of Jesus Christ. Every spirit that says that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh is of the spirit of Antichrist. He said, John said, I told you that it would come and it is already in the world. Everybody who denies the incarnation, everybody who doesn't believe that a baby was born in a manger, his name was Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us, everybody who doesn't believe in 1 Timothy 3.16 that God was manifested in the flesh, everybody who doesn't believe that Jesus is God with us, then everybody who doesn't believe that is not one of us. The difference between Christianity and all of the other religions in the world is that we believe that Jesus is God. So let's not forget that our Christianity is centered in love and modeled by the mission that Christ fulfilled here on earth, a selfless act of sacrifice that has saved mankind from their sin. So I'm finished in 2018 in attack mode. Somebody say attack mode. Somebody say attack mode, attack mode. Uh, so I wonder... If I have some people in here who are willing, as I close this message, to fight with me. I wonder if I have some people in here who are willing to fight for the word that God has spoken over your life, 
even this week. The word that Joseph received had to be tested, approved until it came to pass. The things that God is speaking to you, you're going to eventually manifest it, but it won't be without a fight. You're going to have to fight for some stuff in order to possess some stuff. Stuff is not coming to you. You're going to have to get up and go to it. The way to do that, even to face the gigantic situations in your life, is like David, to know that the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. When David looked at that nine foot nine gap giant, he said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of all the armies of Israel, which you have defied. And this day, God's going to give me your head on a silver platter. You've got to know in whom you believe. You've got to know that it is God who fights for you and you do not fight for yourself. You're not going to be able to use man-made rhetoric. You're not going to be able to use man-made weapons. You're not going to be able to use your logic and your intellect. You're not going to be able to use human wisdom for this but the wisdom for this one is going to have to come from above and that's a revelation that God is God all by himself and you're on his side God is not necessarily on your side but you better be on his side and how do you get on his side through the blood of Jesus Christ so watch this things we must be able to do to make it through the rest of this year I'm going to leave you with these three things that we must not forget or ignore number one we've got to have answers for folk through biblical literacy. We've got to have answers for folk through biblical literacy. What do I mean? 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You've got to have answers for people who want to know about what makes you tick. We've got to know the word. we got to quote the word. we got to know what the word says. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. you got to rightly divide the word of truth. Also, if they don't want to hear us, then they need to see us. We need to live a good life. We need to live a balanced life, a holy life before them, the people of the world, so that they can see the power of God in our lives, not just hear about it. I need some help in here. Nobody wants to know how much you know until they know how much you care. So you've got to be loving. You've got to be compassionate. You've got to be caring. You've got to be considerate. You've got to esteem others better than yourself. You've got to take the low road. Let them take the high road. You've got to become the servant of men and not seek to be served. There are just some things that people have to see in you if you're going to be effective in 2018. I wish I had somebody. Y'all ain't helping me here. So number two, I want to say this to you. Number two, we're going to have to fight against the physical and mental health issues that are plaguing God's people. I've been hearing talk about this this week. I listen to people and I've been hearing there's just some issues and some things that we have to deal with. First Corinthians 10 23 says this, everything is permissible. But not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. In other words, you can eat whatever you want to eat, but if it's killing you, you need to stop eating it. People talking about my blood pressure, my believe the pork alone. If you got blood pressure issues, I wish I had some help in here. Y'all looking at me like I just came here from Jacksonville, Florida somewhere, and y'all don't even know me like you've never seen me before. What's wrong with you? I got 10 minutes left, and we got to hit this thing in 10 minutes and get up out of here. And I got to let you know something. I just mean it from the bottom of my heart. I need you to walk the walk as well as talk to talk. And God expects you to walk the walk as well as talk. 
walk the talk. So you can't be walking around here physically maimed and you're the responsible person involved. Physical fitness has got to be in your future. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So we know that bodily exercise does profit us. Mental illness is an issue. Mental fitness is an issue. And it's got to be in our future. What about mental illness? 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a what? sound mind. In the U.S., there's a church on every corner, but there are drugstores and kidney dialysis clinics and hospice centers on every street. They're putting up kidney dialysis centers and hospice centers where people are ready to go and die, a hospice unit, to where the doctors have given up, the families have given up. So they put them in these hospice units to just die. I decreed to our church years ago that though they're putting up these hospice centers, waiting on grandmother and grandfather to die, and even our brothers and sisters to die, we decreed and declared that when we go to hospice centers, we're not going to go to say bye-bye, but we're going to go there with the anointing of God on our life to look at them and say, Grandmama, Grandfather, let's get up and go home. You shall live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God. We've got to anticipate life instead of death. And lastly, number three, in 2018, we have got to fight to protect the gospel. We got to fight to protect the message. We got to fight to protect the preaching of the cross. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. There are over 4,000 established religions that exist in the world today. They all seem to have one common characteristic. They seek in various ways to gain favor with God or some higher power. What makes Christianity different is this. In Christianity, we didn't seek God. God sought us. God came to earth and God sought him out, man. When man couldn't get to God, God came through 42 generations to man. Jesus said the son of man came to seek and to save that who is lost. Our part is to just place our faith in him. Y'all waiting on something. I don't know what it is, but that should have been enough to make your toes curl up in those two tight shoes. That have been, ought to be something to make you kick off those high heels, ladies. That has been something to make you kick off those sneakers, brothers, if your feet are smelling good today. Don't kick them off if they ain't smelling good today. Don't kick them off. But that's what being a Christian is all about. So we say, use me, Lord. Any way you want to, because I'm yours. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I've got, everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See, won't I be completely yours? So the gospel we have to protect is the same gospel as from the beginning. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5, last verse. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you 
you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached unto you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Brothers and sisters, women and children, boys and girls of all ages, that is the gospel. I've made my commitment to God for 2018 and for the years to come, that I'll fight injustice, I'll educate your people, I'll get wealth to your people to establish your covenant, I'll preach and live like Jesus is the only way to get to the Father and to lead as many people to heaven and away from hell as I can before I die. I've made my mind up that I'm going to fight for my children, fight for my teenagers, fight for your adults, and fight for the seniors who will stand with me and say, we ain't scared, we ain't backing down. What God has decreed, he will bring to pass. What he has declared, he will establish. He wants us to remember what he's done, but also remember not. He said, don't forget that I brought you through 2017 and the past years gone by. And then there's a twist. He says, now I want you to forget something. I don't want you to not just remember, but I want you to forget something. He says, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. He says, now forget the former things. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry land. Did y'all see that? He says, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. So let's not forget. Let's not forget that your best days are ahead of you. Let's not forget that what God has spoken over you, it will come to pass. Let's not forget that if you can believe all things are possible. Let's not forget that if God be for you, who can be against you? Let's not forget that if the Lord is on your side, it does not matter what men shall do unto you. Let's not forget that we're overcomers through him that have loved us. Let's not forget that God has got our back. Let's not forget that whatever he said to us, it will come to pass eventually. Let's not forget that this week we're leaving here changed. This week we're going to glorify God. And we're going to take what we've heard and apply it to our lives. And we're going to demonstrate the gospel when we leave this rotunda. These preachers have come from all over the world to declare the word of God over your life and in your life. God's modus operandi is words. Whatever God has spoken, it will accomplish in the thing that he spoke it to. And there's nothing that can stop it from happening. His plans are sure, and it's just a matter of time. So stay faithful, stay focused, stay planted, stay rooted. Remember, those of you that are part of Celebration Church, you're in a great church. Celebration churches, you're in a great fellowship. People of God, you are in the kingdom of God, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Put your hands together and bless God. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.